This is Father Patrick Briscoe. And this is Father Bonaventure Chapman. Welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all who support the show. If you like what you're hearing, consider becoming a benefactor of ours by supporting us on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcast. Hello, Father Bonaventure. Father Patrick, it's fun because we're in the same house, but um, because we don't do God's Planning episodes on upside down Tupperware trash cans anymore in, in, in like rooms, but have special gear. Um, we're in different rooms, even though we're in the same, in the same house. So, yeah, it was great. It's like, we, so we've done all the same things in the last hour, but separately. So we were at Vespers, but we didn't sit next to each other. That's we right. were in the refectory, but I was sitting chatting with people and you graciously served the meal. And mm -hmm. now we're here doing an episode across the house from each other. And who knows what will come after this? Who knows? Yeah. Only glory. Only glory. Only glory. Indeed. Uh, because we're in the Easter season, Father Bonaventure, do you mind sharing like, one of your favorite parts about celebrating Easter? Because the reason I ask this question is because mm -hmm. as Catholics, I think we do a lot better job celebrating Lent than we do celebrating Easter, if that makes sense. You know, we're, we're very observant. We're very good about feeling, yeah. uh, you know, frankly, bad about ourselves, but... How do we enter mm -hmm. more deeply into the Easter season? What is it that you look forward to at Easter? Yeah, I mean, that's, that is a great question because you, you get excited for the, the, the Triduum and then the Easter Vigil and then Easter Sunday where everything just, everyone goes nuts. And then by Monday or something, because we celebrate the octave, the eight days um, with this. And so we're, we're still liturgically, so in mass in our offices, we're doing a lot. We're still doing full solemnity mode, you could say. And so there's glorias and then te deums and all the, they're long, lugubrious offices. And it's about this time, Wednesday or Thursday, where I say to myself, I'm kind of done with this um, <laughs> celebrating business, you know? <laughs> and it is, I don't. I wonder if it's a, is it an American kind of Protestant Max Weber work ethic kind of thing that, or is it an Irish Catholicism mm. thing? I you're, it's true. I don't, I don't embrace the celebration. I don't tell myself no, eat more dessert. Um, but I think there's, so I don't know how to, as you say with Lent, you can always take like take things off, but in Easter, mm. it's like should I go out and get more shamrock shakes? Should I go out and you know, so I don't, yeah, I, I guess for me, the most proximate thing is um, during Easter, you have that week octave moving up to Divine Mercy Sunday. So a special attentiveness to the Vina Divine Mercy and uh, and Faustina or something is, is always exciting. So th for me, because I'm a big Faustina fan and Divine Mercy is so important, the octave has this kind of second, a second Easter to it. But in between, uh, it is, yeah, it's sort of not anticlimactic, but I always feel like, in the same way that I feel like sometimes I fail with my Lenten penances, I also feel like I fail with my Easter jubilations, you know? <laughs> For me, it's definitely the tones that we use at office. Mary Magdalene mm. and the other Mary came to see yeah. the Lord's tomb. I love the musical setting. Oh, those are great. Those are great. Vespers. I, I just, yeah. I, I look forward to that all of Lent, basically wait, waiting to see oh, yeah. in the evenings. They're they magnificent. It just always brings, a, always brings a great smile to me. So, I, so that's what I would say. I'd, Love those evening offices yeah. where we sing those beautiful tones. That's right. Yeah, those are well. But this nice. episode, you know, is aimed actually at helping us to celebrate Easter and prepare for Pentecost. Right, and we're doing this deep yep. dive into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, hopefully, listeners have joined us for our first episode on the gifts. This is the second in the series, 
Um, but for maybe people that are just tuning in or people who could benefit for a little bit of a recap, why don't we start Father Bonaventure with saying, what is a gift of the Holy Spirit? You know, people I think have a strong mm -hmm. sense of what the virtues are. Um, and if you don't yep. have a strong sense of what the virtues are, we've got plenty of episodes where you can get a yeah. strong sense of what the virtues yeah, are. Yeah. We talk about virtue a lot on God's planning. So, so people might have some familiarity with virtue, knowing the virtue is something you could practice and cultivate, that it's a stable disposition that you build up interiorly. But how is a virtue different from a gift of the Holy Spirit? Well, let's just start actually first with sure. what is a gift of the Holy Spirit, and then we can compare them. Well, Spinoza says, omnes determinatio est negatio, every determination is a negation. So I'll just take both at the same time. So virtues are, nice. um, you could say, the internal principles of action. So if you think about the powers, human beings have souls, and we have powers of souls, and we act in these through particular powers of the souls, of our souls. Um, and virtues are, you could say, like the internal principles that govern those actions. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are you could say external principles. So you think about if you think about like moving, something could move because of internal principles, like grab a I don't know a toad or something. The toad can hop on its own. It has the principles of, of motion in and of itself, mm. um, which are mysterious, of course, um, as all things in this world are, uh, except rocks. Um, and then, but you could also move the toad. Like the toad wants to on its own move away from me internally, but I could externally move the to toad towards me you know, by grabbing it and bringing it, right? So there's, there's two kind of principles, external, internal principles and external principles. And virtues are the internal workings and principles of, of us as humans. And virtues are the perfecting of those, you could say. So that gives you the, the powers, perfecting of your knowing and your loving and your desiring and your willing, all that kind of stuff. Um, whereas gifts of the Holy Spirit are designed to make you attentive, not to your internal motions, but the external motions of the Holy Spirit. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are are kind of in between of a virtue and the action of the Holy Spirit. It's like the capacity to receive, respond to him, to create a landing pad, you could say, in your soul for the particular powers. So you, we have as humans powers of rational powers of knowing and the virtues perfect knowledge, right? But the Holy Spirit can also inspire us. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the kind of dispositions, the landing pad, the in-between that makes us attentive to his ability to speak to us. And that's what we talked about with the knowledge one. So that's the gifts of the Holy like Spirit. To, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I like to point out when Bonaventure is being an, you know, a, a big Thomas, everyone. So Father Bonaventure here is being super Thomistic, especially yep. in this example of motion. St. Thomas mm -hmm. and other Thomas like to use the word that the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a mm -hmm. motus. That they're a motor mm -hmm. that they they could they kind of drive you, um, but as he rightly points out, his father has rightly pointed out, um, it's an external motor. So the uh, the classic image that the tradition uses um, is the image of wind in the sails, right? The, mm -hmm. the the sails the sails are moved, right? But what what is the one that what is the one that does the moving? Well, that that is the action of the Holy Spirit, and the sails are like being able the the sails are the, the gifts which allow you to cat to catch that move, that movement of the Holy spirit, but the sails still move the ship, right? Like without the, without the sails, the ship would move. Um, so in that way, the sail, which catches the wind is a, is a modus is the thing that moves the ship. Uh, oh my goodness. This is a reprise of boats and boating. Boats and boating. Gifts of the Holy and spirit. shall I say that I, that 
I win again because mm. sailing beats out stupid motorboating, which is uh, like the true principles. Um, but we'll leave that for now. But I, yeah, this okay, is this is boats and boating coming. part. I should have known boats and boating part known. two. I should have boats known that that's the reason two. why you bought a boats and boating just to rub that in my yeah. face. I love that. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, but that's those those are gifts for you, as you say, external external principles of motion, the sails, the dispositions to be able to catch the Lord's special help uh, through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So one so one thing to clarify because I think this might be confusing to people. Um, are the are the gifts of the Holy Spirit like marionette strings? You know, does if if this is the Holy Spirit acting on you, do you you know mm. then do do you respond like a marionette? Are you kind of forced to move around? You know, as if as yeah. if commanded, as if dancing. Yeah. Where, around? Well, here's where my toad example is 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 not as helpful because while it distinguishes between internal principles of motion and external principles of motion. The toad is generally not disposed. It's being dragged around as a marionette, you could say, if I grab it and draw it towards me. Uh, this is where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are different in, the, in that they are ours. So the Holy Spirit is not ours. He's not us. So he acts, but the gifts are given to us to respond to him, and they're, they're given to us. So there, there are dispositions, just in the same way that the virtues are internal kind of principles of us, the gifts are external principles of us that still need the Holy Spirit to hook up to them, you could say. But the gifts are, they're just our response to him in these seven different ways. Um, but they are, it's a cooperation. It's a cooperation. Just like, for instance, I mean, I think actually the, the boat analogy is supposed to be between rowing and sailing. Because in rowing, it's all you. Whereas mm. in sailing, it's cooperation of you raising the sails and the wind hitting the sails. So it's never just, as you say, uh, God moting you uh, without you being freely involved in that way. That's not what the gifts are about, because of course the the truth of the gospel is that it brings freedom. I mean, you're supposed to be we're supposed to be set free by the truth and so, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's a good point. So though. here's a nice little bit of Franciscan theology I'm going to introduce. So that means that motorboating is a signal grace. A signal. Uh, well, the motorboating, it, motor, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think motorboating is single grace. <laughs> single grace. I don't know what that we is. Could, but we could put that aside. We could put that aside. Let's not get lost in that. The um. No. So so it's not so it's not as if we're made a marionette by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're ours. They're a stable disposition. We activate them by acting in accord with them, freely acceding our will, right to mm -hmm. to be moved by this prompting of the Holy Spirit. So they're stable dispositions. Mm -hmm. The gifts are insofar as we receive them. They, you mm -hmm. know, we 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 get them in the sacraments, and they. They yeah. animate us to do good. So, so with that, yeah. you know, yeah, kind of with that having um, kind of laid out, uh, you know, just a, just a little bit of a crash course on the gifts. Again, yeah. for listeners who might not have heard the first episode or want a little refresher before this one, let's move in to the proper gift that we're considering tonight, which is the gift of understanding. Yeah, the gift of understanding. Uh, let's talk about what the gift of understanding is, and then maybe compare it a little bit to some of the other intellectual gifts because it seems like there are a lot of them yeah that's true this is so remember the gifts come from a list in isaiah 11 2 through 3 so what upon him will rest the spirit of wisdom understanding all the sort of things the seven of them and the tradition ties them up with the different powers as i said capacities faculties of the soul the things you can do um which means that you have their powers of knowing and then their powers of willing and their powers of desiring. Um, and the gift of understanding is one of the powers that it's one of the, it's, it's, it, 
helps and assists us to be attentive to the Holy Spirit in one of our powers of knowing. So it's an, you could say it's an intellectual gift. And there are three of those. Uh, we'll just keep it there for now. Um, knowledge, <laughs> understanding, and wisdom. Depends on you count practical, mm-hmm. practical intellect. Um, mm-hmm. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And they each, what they do is, it's not like you have three minds, but it, they each get at particular ways that we use our knowing powers. So we talked before about no, the gift of knowledge deals with the knowing, making judgments about, correct judgments about things. So kind of factual stuff. Understanding, understanding is to deal with not so much judgments, but seeing, grasping. Uh, when we think of having insights, we think of like a light bulb, so like seeing something. And the understanding refers to the power of our knowing by which we we kind of grasp something immediately. And not so much immediate facts, but kind of the reasons behind those facts. So it's the uh, the understanding is the is the way we know, not you could say surface details, but kind of the reasons behind the depth of things, basic principles, that kind of stuff. So this gift is aimed at, at perfecting that aspect of our intellectual or rational power. So when we, when we talk about understanding, um, we have to say, well, what is it that a gift of the Holy Spirit allows us to understand? Because there's plenty of things that we understand, right, just by natural processes. Um, you know, we can, yeah. St. Thomas has a particular uh, a particular theory of epistemology, right, how we come to know. Uh, so why do we need, Father Bonaventure, a gift yeah. to help us in this work of understanding? What is it exactly that's- that this understanding allows us to know? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great one. Um, these, these are to perfect our rational powers such that we can engage them in theological virtues. So they're aimed at this one, the particularly our rational power of knowing is aimed and tied with the virtue of faith. So knowing things about God himself uh, and his revealed truths and all those things. And so the, the reason why we, why the gifts are so important for Dominicans, at least this is our account of them, um, is because the things of faith are not things that we grasp by our natural abilities to know, um, but rather we need assistance with them. We need grace and we need help. Uh, and these are the auxilium kind of thing. So help in Latin, um, auxiliary things. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are intended to help us to understand uh, the things that we grasp in faith. So whereas the gift of knowledge gives us the ability to grasp truths of the faith in their kind of, you know, judge them, whether they're true or not, mm-hmm. helps us make judgments about them. Um, the gift of understanding helps us to intuit, you could say. I mean, Thomas at one point almost says that they 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 allow you in a way to see God, the gift of understanding does, because it allows you to grasp in a deeper way, uh, not on the surface, but the deeper way of the truths of the faith, including God himself. Now, obviously you don't see his essence and we don't have grasp. It's not like you see him in a vision with understanding, but it becomes in a sense, let's put it this way, con more con natural becomes Mm. something that you don't just kind of know and can deploy but something you actually feel in your intellect i'll give an example of this Mm. um and i'm sure you have some examples too but um so i did physics before i entered the order uh and so you do a lot of math and a lot of calculus um and you learn how to what calculus is you're supposed to learn what it is but initially you just know how to do it so for instance, when you have to take a derivative of x squared plus x, you just take the power rule and you put the two in front. So it's two x to the first power plus one, you know? 
So you take you, these little rules and mm -hmm. you don't have to understand what's going on. You just have to do the rules and you get the right answer, right? So if I look at a test and it says, take, take this, do this operation, mathematical operation, I can do that. And I didn't have to worry about like, I didn't have to know what I was doing. I just had to do it and produce the right things and know that I was doing mm. it correctly, even if I didn't know what it was, what I meant. I was teaching then right before the order, I was teaching AP calculus and I was going through the derivation of, uh, the, of, of taking derivatives and integrals back and forth, the fundamental theorem of calculus. <laughs> and I remember stopping the class for a second when I finally saw actually what was happening. Cause you don't really know anything deeply until you teach it because you have to be able to explain it to other people. And also I stopped and I said, do you see this? This is the most incredible achievement of the human mind because this thing <laughs> says that lines are equivalent, looked at the proper way to areas. There is no reason that should be true, but here's why it does that. And they were like, whatever, Mr. Chapman, they didn't care because they just went for the knowledge and they didn't find the AP was fine. Like, but like for me, it was the oh. moment, it was a moment where it became con natural. So now I understand. Mm. So I, now when I did, when I, so then I did mathematics after that, because I was still getting the same answers. It didn't change how I got the answers. The knowledge was still the same, but the, un the deeper understanding became con natural. I saw it. I could see it, mm. you know, right. That's what right, understanding. Right. That's what the gift of understanding is doing. Hearing you say this makes me think of a distinction that, um, the French language and certainly other romance languages, uh, probably have it. I have no yep. idea cause I don't speak them. <laughs> but in, that's you, you're yes you you know where i'm going right savoir mm -hmm. which is to know yeah. something and connaître which is to know a person or to know mm -hmm. someone so there's so there's yep. a there's a different word for this and you know that that word connaître is derived from connatural right where where you where you're able to connect with something um yep. making it making it a part of you or there's there's a kind of relational element there right and so it's not just mm -hmm. that you're knowing about, it's not just that you have knowledge about something, which is savoir, to know a bunch of facts about something, but you know mm -hmm. a, the thing in itself, right? So yeah, you in know philosophy, it. mm -hmm. uh, exactly. So philosophy, I think you can help our listeners think about this a, a little bit. Um, in philosophy, there's a difference, right, between knowing the substance, knowing the kind, that, that which a thing is, right, as yeah. opposed to knowing the the accidents, the qualities of a particular yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So do, do you think that's relevant here? Can you say yeah, I know it is. Um, and I think you're right. It's so German has the same, even though it's not a romance language, technically. Uh, makes, ah. German has Erkennen und Wissen. So Wissenschaft is a nice. science, knowledge okay. is the science thing. Yeah. Whereas Erkennen yeah. is a recognition. So Kentness, oh, so I, nice. Kennen gelernt like is I, I know you. Yeah, like, oh, so man. I know you, uh, Erkennen uh, or, or Kennen. And uh, Wissen is is the science. So and cognition, the grasping of things, is is erkentness. Uh, um, but when you have those things, collections, then it's a, it's Wissen. Anyway, just doing a lot of German. But uh, I think the philosophy example, surprisingly enough, is, is is helpful. You're right. Is that um, is philosophers tend to distinguish? We do at least between substance, the inner principles, the essence of something, what it really is, you could say, and then like its accidental features to it, right? And you we know things by seeing their accidental features and then working backwards to the substances most of the time you could say um and you could know things by accidental features but you really don't know specifically you could identify so for instance if you see like a bunch of birds a bunch of robins and you think oh well robin and someone says these are all robins and you say okay robins always have x and it could be something like um 
a, a, a white mark on the top of their head because these three, these five robins have a white head on the top of their a mark on the top of their head. But it turns out that even though it is true that those, those five robins have that mark on their head, not all robins have that. It's just, you don't actually know what a robin is. You just know some robins. So that's like the knowledge, you know, a few of them, you know, some accidents about them and you might say, oh, it's a bird and it has red under red breast and it has two wings and it has a white spot in its head. But those who actually know birds and robins, which is most of us expect say, actually the white thing is just a, a pure accident. It's contingent. You know, mm. what, what really makes a robin a robin is it's a bird with these essential properties. That's the essence of a robin, whatever that ends up being. And even though, for instance, you might be able to identify robins as well as the person who knows a robin initially, you know the robins in very different ways. So understanding is that knowing of the, is seeking that in deeper sense of understanding what that thing, why the white spot on the top of it is not essential to the robin, but the red on its breast is. Because you can imagine someone saying, well, look, it's got the white and the red, they're both colors on it. Why is one more essential than the other? It's because this is what a robin is, you know? So I think that's that's the difference between two. And I think it is helpful to distinguish between how we know the truths of the faith, whether we know them kind of superficially, you could say, and know about them. I can list off seven sacraments, all this kind of stuff. Or if we grasp them in a kind of the deeper essence, like what is a sacrament? Like it becomes connatural that I really get it. You know, I really feel like I know what sacraments are for. And that means that I can identify them in, and when I should be involved in them in different ways. That's just one example. Yeah, and I think when you, you know, the, the example of learning, right, um, is very helpful with calculus. You do not, not just not just to say I know about this, but but I really understand it. I see it from the inside, right? I see it from the inside out. Um, I have a complete or comprehensive of a thing, mm -hmm. uh, a comprehensive knowledge of a thing as it is in itself. I know what it's for. I know what it does. I know how it moves. That's, that's what understanding is, you know, a kind of richer, a kind of richer coming to be. I mean, another example from language learning, right, is the, the moment where you find mm -hmm. yourself being able to freely express yourself. You know, when you start learning yeah. a, another language, a second language, it can, it's very frustrating because you only yeah. have very primitive emotions, right? I am tired. I need a yeah. shower. And, and you, you can't say everything that's going on inside of you. And when you, when you hit a point of, of fluency or near fluency and you finally feel like you can express yourself again from the inside out, that's a moment of understanding where you don't just know about the language or some of the words of a language, but where you can, where, where, where you can just freely express yourself in it, you know, as you as can dwell, you can inside. dwell in it. Yeah. It's, it's yes. a comfortable, it's, yeah. it's, I think this is where the conoscence and the, uh, the canon is involved is that as you, as you brought up nicely with language is it's a comfortability. You feel at home in this. So you might feel like it's in learning with when you're taking first year calculus tests, you feel kind of you're hoping to get to scrape by. You're hoping that you get the right <laughs> answers to these questions. Whereas if you really know calculus, you're not in any doubt that it'll be because you feel comfortable with calculus. So someone could ask you anything on it and you'll be fine. And the same way with language, when you move from a, just knowing kind of, I know how to play the game, the language game, you could say in my second language right. to actually. I feel totally comfortable with this. And if I can't answer you in this language, I may not be able to answer you at all. And the same way with the faith then is moving from just kind of knowing how to play the game, like knowing basic things and feeling comfortable right. with the right. truths of the faith, 
which are which yeah. is super important because uh, the truths of the faith are matter for life. It really matters that you understand that God is in control of this world and that he loves you. So grasping his mercy and his providence so that when things happen, right, you get tested. When you get tested, literally, it's a metonym here too, I suppose, um, then <laughs> you feel comfortable in mm -hmm. speaking the language of the faith as opposed to being caught off guard, you could say, because you don't actually speak the language of the faith well and not having a good answer for yourself or others, you know? I really like this idea of homecoming because it gets to one of the major ideas behind the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Which is that we're being prepared for heaven in them, that mm -hmm. um, the virtues are, certain sets of virtues anyways, are natural to us and we can perfect them according to human powers. But the gifts uh, are called gifts because they are given to us freely. We don't earn them, and mm -hmm. they don't belong to this world. They're, they 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 belong to other modes of action. They're they're divine um, from start to finish, and so they're preparing us for a, for a way of living and acting and being uh, that's not from this world, right? But belongs to the kingdom. So I think there's mm -hmm. this there's this powerful idea of homecoming or feeling at home behind the gifts because the heaven and the virtues of heaven, yep. um, you know, virtue taken loosely, uh, yep. are being built up in us, the operations of heaven, how, how one lives in heaven is already present to us in a way through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I often think about, you know, I've been reflect, reflecting more on this, um, is that we, we live, no matter whether we're uh, devout Catholics, you know, Dominican friars, or secular Joe down the street, I, I do wonder if we actually live with grasping the truth and being comfortable with the truth that like this life is 70, 80 years and the rest of it's going to be a little bit longer, right? <laughs> like we could say a hundred years right. in heaven. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. A million <laughs> years. Least. Wait, yeah. did you say a billion years? <laughs> and that, uh, so that, but that's, that's, it's true. You're going to live forever. It's terrifying that we maybe, I mean, we talked about in this Q and a, like how that, how that could be terrifying, how it shouldn't be terrifying, but it is just true that you're going to live forever. Okay. Uh, whereas you're not going to live on this planet forever. Um, so the training you should be focusing on is for living in the presence of God and trying to train for the majority. You imagine if, imagine if someone was spending their entire life training for two minutes of their, of their existence when they knew they're going to live for, for 70 years after that. And so now I'm just going to focus on that. And yet I often wonder if, if we're all kind of like that. I, I, it's, and it's not our fault entirely because it's hard to see angels don't just appear to us all the time. Um, so, but it is the, it is the truth we can grasp in faith of our immortality and our love and our, 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 our heaven boundedness and therefore to, to live with that perspective and the gifts are right, just, just right for that. So I think they're very important to me neglect them because we often focus so much, I think on this worldly kind of living as, as you mentioned, as opposed to, as you, as you rightly brought us, brought us to, um, the heavenly thing. I mean, the goal of Pentecost that we're moving towards here. Uh, is not that the Holy Spirit comes down here and like perfects this earth. It's that we be holy so that when judgment comes, the new heavens and the new earth will be a place where he dwells perfectly, that kind of thing. And we do as well. So, so Father Bonaventure, then who do you think is a good saint to exemplify the living out of this gift of understanding? Hmm. Um, you know, is there, is there a saint that you think in a particular way can demonstrate to us what what this gift looks like because as we said it's not about knowing stuff you know it's not it's not yeah. it's not as if this saint has necessarily a kind of encyclopedic knowledge but no, no. but really yeah you know, thinks of th 
thinks of things, you know, from the inside and, and feels at yeah, home yeah. in the language of heaven. So, so who do you think is a good saint to recommend to us as exemplifying the gift of understanding? You know, I'm going to fight the urge to say Faustina. Uh, I'm going to say Catherine <laughs> of Siena, I think might be a good saint on this. Awesome. You can check me on this. Yeah. Either that or Therese of Lisieux. In I was going to say this, Therese, actually. I'm tre- yeah, yeah I'm t- I'll do mm-hmm. Catherine first, but uh, Therese might be too. Um, yep. Is that uh, okay. the Catherine know is she has this seems like intuitive grasp of, of providence and of God and of the atonement and all of this kind of stuff. If you read her dialogues and you read these sorts of things, she has this it it deep theological uh, claims seem to be connatural to her in her spirituality, and I think that's kind of a that's a hallmark as you say, of this understanding principles. So that's, I think Catherine of Siena would be my guess, but go, go ahead with Therese. You can make a similar claim, I think. Yeah, no, no. So, so to Catherine, I would only add to that. And part of, part, you know, another place you say, mm-hmm. you see this in her life, is that she has a kind of fearlessness about the state of the church because of that. You know, mm-hmm. she's, she's also, able just yep. to, name, to name sin for what it is, to call especially clerics to greater holiness, um, but to mm-hmm. not be phased by that, like it doesn't, it doesn't bother her, you know, in, in a, in a kind yeah. of ultimate way, of course, she's working to purify it, right? We all know that she got the Pope to leave Avignon to return back to Rome. She was working to, to rectify things in a very clear way, Yeah. but, but it wasn't the end of the world for her. And, uh, and so I, I think that, I think that she's a great example of it that way for Therese. I mean, the, the, the reason why Therese came to my mind was that she understood the role of littleness in the kingdom. Um, that she understood mm-hmm. this principle of what it means to be Christ-like and childlike, and for her, it was mm-hmm. a, daunt, a daunting yep. thing. And that there was a way that it was just so natural to her. The little way um, was just who mm-hmm. she was. It's impossible to talk about Saint Therese without talking about the little way, yep. and um, and that because of that, she was able to to build up in herself a, a certain knowledge of the kingdom, an understanding more properly yeah. of the no, kingdom. You get, that, that is no, it's right. Unique. Yeah. I think that's right. I was wondering if I'd have to think more about this. Um, how, how, whether wisdom because of charity is, is uh, actually the, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, that's good, but I think you're, but there, there is this con, but wisdom's a weird one. Um, I'm doing that with, with Gregory, Gregory next. So wisdom, because I, I get knowledge and understanding are good. And wisdom is kind of like, well, it's the best knowledge understood. And you're like, well, that seems, is, is this Hegel? Are we doing elf Hegel in here? <laughs> You know, it's a synthesis of, but um, but so, but I, I think you're, but the con naturality of the deep, deep at homeness of the of the of the littleness and the and the importance of of being little in, in God and the grace involved there, um, is that seems an understanding aspect. So I think yeah, I think she's she's similar to Catherine, yeah. You know, and of course they're saints, so they they exemplify all of them. Yeah, but I think it's helpful to pause and say like, well, is there a particular way we can think of this one or that one in the context well, guess, of yeah, this gift? That's right. Exemplary so. focuses on things, yeah. Has I wish I'd done that. In the well, anything, one. anything you'd yeah. like to say by way of conclusion about the gift of understanding? No, I, I think it's, um, again, I, you know, caveat emptor. Um, I, <laughs> I don't do this much, but these are things. Again, as, as Father Patrick said, you don't earn these. I don't go to the gym and uh, and practice the gift of understanding or like do this. I have to ask for it. It's a gift. That's what makes, even though it's something that's given to us and it becomes in a sense con natural to us, these gifts, um, they're gifts because they're, they're given, they're given freely by God, but in, but by asking, you know? And so I just encourage people to, I remember doing this last episode, 
um, maybe taking a day each week and saying Monday, I asked for the gift of knowledge. Uh, and on Tuesday, I asked for the gift of understanding on Wednesday, whatever, but that we don't forget to ask for it because he can give it without, he can do anything he wants without us basically. <laughs> um, but, but he likes to, he likes to give gifts. Um, but we, you know, he likes us, he wants us to be free. And so he lets us exercise the ability, but he doesn't ask much of it. He just wants us to ask and he'll give it to mm. us. That's the, that's the promise. So it's a good reminder that, you know, once again, we can just like we should take advantage of Easter as opposed to the Lent. We should take advantage of these gifts as opposed to just always trying to go on our own rowing or motorboating ske uh, schemas. You like that? Friends, unfurl the sails of your heart then and catch the wind. Oh, the it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Pentecost. What a gift. What a gift you mm -hmm. are, Father Patrick, to all of us here. Friends, thanks for listening to this episode of God's Planning. If you don't already, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Oh my goodness, TikTok. I can't even believe that I'm saying TikTok. Follow us on TikTok until TikTok gets banned in America and then don't follow yeah, us there anymore. Better. But for now, follow us on TikTok. Leave a five-star review of the podcast. Your comments are especially encouraging to us. We really love hearing from you and they help other listeners to find us. If you think a friend could benefit from this episode, send it along in a text or an email to someone that you think could uh, could grow in their spiritual life from this episode of God's Planning. You can also follow links in the show notes in the description to find more information about God's planning, upcoming God's planning events. We're really excited about our summer retreat and um, other, other things will be coming. So stay tuned there. Uh, shop God's planning merch and consider donating to our work on Patreon. As always, please remember us in your prayers and know that we're praying for you. God bless. Mm -hmm.